Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local. Telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts through real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is Friday, or happy day, or start to the weekend. Uh, For some of you, it's a start to the weekend. For some of you, yesterday was a start to the weekend. So I'm not sure which you are, but either. Happy Friday. We hope you have a great weekend. So we have a good, very, very, very good show for you today. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by a friend and host of Political Firestorm, Rob Arnold who will be riding out with us for most of, the, uh, most of the show today to toss back and forth some ideas and to go over these very painful headlines. It doesn't seem that we really get any nice headlines anymore. It seems that we just get these crummy, really bad, disgusting headlines. Like, we don't have good news anymore. There's a website out there called, I think it's called goodnews.com, which I do read occasionally because I find it good because it's all good news. I wish we could do the same thing here, but that probably wouldn't work very well. Uh, also, Tuesday, we are going to be joined by Mark Curran, who's a former Lake County Sheriff in Illinois, um, about his Republican uh, run this year. And we'll get some good questions from him and um, see what he thinks he can do different to uh, change the, the direction, I guess, of Illinois um, and Chicago and some of the hard-hit areas that um, – that we've been dealing with. Chicago is just like any other major city, New York, Philadelphia, Boston. They've had a lot of problems recently. Uh, Violent crime has spiked, and we'll talk more about that in the show. Uh, But that's not the only issue. The issue is leadership. The leadership in most of these large major cities is, has been the same for many years, right? It's been run solely and primarily by Democrats. And the problem that you have is when you have one party running a government for so long, it, it, it turns to mush. It turns to junk. I think a lot of promises were made and very few, if any, were actually kept and have been kept over the last 40, 50 years. 
And it's something that I think people are really beginning to see. I've noticed a huge change in the thought processes of just everyday people. It doesn't matter what party they belong to, their affiliation, Democrat, Republican, Independent, you're really starting to see eyes open and people begin to understand what the problem really is. Uh, it's not, not everything is a federal problem in this country. <clears throat> and it seems every four years on election cycle, we tend to blame everything on the current president, whether he's Republican or Democrat. Trump has taken a lot of heat um, because he's Donald Trump, but that doesn't mean he's responsible for the problems in Chicago or the problems in Brooklyn or Queens or the problem in inner city Philadelphia. The local and state governments and leaders are, and those leaders haven't changed in 50 years. And I really think this election cycle, you're going to see some big differences. Anyway, today's show, we're going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. As some of you guys know, Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. She is actually being held in the same jail. Uh, that Jeffrey Epstein was was uh, found dead in by alleged suicide. You know, I'm not big on conspiracy theories, but I got to be honest with you. Um, I don't think for a second he committed suicide, and that's just not that. That isn't simply because oh, it's a big. Not, not everything is a conspiracy theory, right? Things bad things actually happen in life. Um, sneaky things happen. You don't have to call them a conspiracy theory just because you want to divert attention. Anyway, so Ghislaine Maxwell is locked up, and she's ready to snitch. I'm sure she is going to tell on a lot of people. She knows a lot. She was Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand girl for a long time. They dated for a while. So we're going to get some really, really, really good information on that. We're also going to hit Trump's Mount Rushmore speech. It's been called all kinds of things, from fascist to racist. I didn't hear that in the speech. Um, I heard a speech that included all Americans. But unfortunately, anything that comes out of this guy's mouth is going to be criticized and ridiculed for days and days and days to come. And it's in that sort of that news cycle itself. We're going to bring up Joe Biden again. I know, I know we talk a lot about Joe Biden on the show, but I, I can't help it. It's just, it, the material is just too good. Uh, the gas machine, it's, it's every single day. I'm putting together a list of, of gas by Joe Biden, which we'll, we'll play on the show next week. Um, and I think you'll, uh, you'll, you'll agree. He's, he's quite the interesting character. And we've got a lot more coming from the show. But anyway, let's welcome – we have a special guest with us today. His name is Rob Arnold. He's the host of Political Firestorm, which can be found on AM radio. I'll let him give you a little bit about his show real quick and where you can find it, what times you can find it, and all that. Rob, are you with us? Yes, I'm right here. Great, great to good, be with good, you. Good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. So um, I know you and I have known each other for a while now, and we've had some good banter back and forth Uh privately over text and telephone. And uh, I know you just met with the, the, uh, the singing cowboy the other day. If anyone, if, if people don't know who the, who the singing cowboy or the naked cowboy, sorry, uh, all you got to do is go to Times Square, not Google his name. Um, and so it seems like we may have uh, an interesting guest coming up on the show with him later on um, next week. But I guess, Rob, tell us who you are, what you do um, briefly, and where we can find your show at. And we'll get on with this, this wonderful news we have to talk about today. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about today and every day these days. Jeez. Uh, yeah, the naked first, I'll tell you, the naked cowboy probably gets more selfies taken with him in Taurus or in New York City than they take at Statue of Liberty and all the other sites. He's quite the uh, quite the tourist attraction. It's uh, he's very very entertaining. Uh, one of his songs, uh, it's called the Trump song, and one of the lines of it goes like this: Donald Trump is building that wall. It's gonna protect us all. Sounds like a good idea to me. And he does that as he's strumming his guitar. Uh, a lot of people get a big kick out of him. Uh, other people, not so much. Trump haters are full of hate. 
as far as political firestorm, it, uh, it has been in the D.C. market on some really big signals. We're looking to take it to AM970 here in the, in the New York market. Salem Media Group owned. They own 119 stations. This is their flagship station. It's 50,000 watts. I'm warming up right now at a place called, it can be uh, seen online at www.am1240wgbb.com where I have a Long Islanders. It's a, a small signal in terms of wattage. Um, we're, we're making some real headway in Long, out on Long Island, money to Long Island. So I'll have Long Islanders following me in the months and years ahead. So we got that. We have a strong Internet presence with this, this, uh, this station. And lastly, I'll say it is one of the oldest radio stations on planet Earth, which is probably the number one reason why I chose this for my warm-up and get the rust off. Uh, and uh, 1924, and the first time radio was ever used was at a Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and that was for the Harding election returns. So it's just, it was right there in with the as a pioneer, and uh, so 1924, and I'm back to back with a fantastic guy there, uh, who on his picture on his business card he's got a picture of himself receiving a citation award from President Trump for his work in law enforcement. So uh, there you have the, the kind of the, the solid synopsis of the whole thing. Awesome, man. Good to know. So we've got uh, – so look, I know you and I were talking on the phone earlier, a couple hours before the show, to, to uh, kind of narrow some stuff down. But, you know, since, since I've got you on the, on, the, on the program, what in the hell is going on in New York City? So I know that uh, Black Lives Matter um, – de Blasio painted – Black Lives Matter. I guess the only thing he is good for as a, a mayor is to paint. He seems like a pretty good painter. He stays between the lines, at least, um, in front of Trump. Like that's somehow going to antagonize people. Like I don't get this whole. You know, you're painting Black Lives Matter on a street in bright yellow lives, and that's fine. Whatever. It, it could care less either way. We all get the right to protest. And I think it's a fine way to do it. But understandably, there you're you're painting on a surface that's going to be driven over by cars all the time. So it's almost like hypothetically, it's, it's as if, um, how can I put this correctly? It's as if your message is being run over a zillion times a day. You know, it just, it just seems an odd way to, to, uh, to protest or to write something on the street. But that being said, um, I know you guys are having problems in New York. I know the uh, violent crimes up at 130% now. Um, you've got wonderful de Blasio uh, leading the pack there as the mascot. And I think pretty much that's all he is these days. But um, what, are your, what are you seeing out there? I mean, what, you know, as you're in, in Long Island and New York City and Brooklyn and Queens, which I lived in Brooklyn for 11 years. I'm very familiar with the city. And it was a great city. I love New York City. Um, I wouldn't live there now for probably for anything. Uh, what are you seeing there? What, what, do you, what are the big differences you're seeing? Is that question to me, Rob Arnold? That question is to you, Rob Arnold. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I would say that. I have friends that are actually moving out. They feel like they're, they're fearing for their lives. Uh, you can almost spot a Trump supporter in this town when you look at people. Uh, I have no fear at all. I'm not worried. As far as I'm concerned, uh, they'll excuse a little bit of religious talk. I feel like Jesus Christ walks with me everywhere I go, and it is not my time to go anywhere, uh, not my time to go back home. So I'm not, I don't live, live in fear. I think fear is actually kind of a, like a sin. Um, what I'm seeing is uh, a lot more black-on-white crime, a lot more black uh, uh, sneers and hard stares and glares, and I'm the type of person I give a hard stare right back. Uh, you know, and if they say something, I'm just, ah, shut up. You know, I'm just not playing their game. And, uh, you know, sometimes if I'm not in the mood for any of that, I'll just you know, ignore them altogether, of course. 
And that's more the gentlemanly thing to do. But it's uh, it's it's there's a there's a palpable feeling in the air. Uh, you can cut it with a knife in some parts of this town, where like they could go off at any moment. And you know, I boxed for a few years. I can take a punch and I can hit real hard. Uh, and I have people around me usually. One guy, one friend of mine has concealed carry, so uh, we're we're not we're not bowing to them. I will never bow to any of them. Uh, the city is opening back up again. Naked Cowboy was saying things are pretty much back to normal at Times Square. He would know he's there every day. And uh, it's just there is a palpable feeling of almost a feeling of hatred in the air. You know, it's funny. It's a classic. Yeah, and, and I, and I got to be honest. I voted Democrat for years. I was a, not a hardcore Democrat, but I voted for Clinton. I voted for uh, Obama the first go around. I didn't vote the second go around for anybody. Uh, this time around, I think I'm going to vote for uh, – I'm going to vote for – I hear uh, Kanye's running, so maybe I'll just vote for Kanye. Well, I'll throw my vote away and vote for Kanye West. But the classic Democrat strategy I've learned over the years, because the reality of this election cycle is different, right? It's so full of hate and disgust, and you know where it's coming from. It's not coming from Republicans or independents or the Green Party. It's the classic Dem strategy of rule by fear, right? We have to instill fear into people. We have to make them afraid that if you don't vote Democrat, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to lose your job. You're going to go bankrupt. Your family's going to fall apart. Your kids won't be safe to, to walk down the street or ride on a public bus or ride in a subway system. And I know the people listening to this, not everyone lives in a major city, but major cities, when I'm on the subway system in the morning, I see kids six, seven, eight years old by themselves going to school. Right? So it's nothing unheard of to see children just roaming around and, and this whole fear-mongering thing, right? So, they said what, in 2016, and I can't remember all of it, um, but most of it was if Trump gets elected, the stock market's going to crash. That was right. beyond, beyond wrong. Um, in fact, it's been the highest it's been in, in the history of the, of the Dow and the NASDAQ. Second of all, uh, Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned. That never happened. I'm sure you could probably remember some more, uh, Rob. I can't. But what I'm getting at is you're seeing this unfold in New York City right now. People literally, and I have tons of friends in New York, and you're right. A lot of people are, are moving to New Jersey. They're moving out to, to the far Rockaways. Um, they're getting out of the city itself, and that is because of fear. But it, it's, it, you've got to be blind not to see the reality of what's going on right now. Either you're, either you're blind or you just can't admit that it's happening, but you know it is. Uh, and it, it's really frustrating because it's taken cities like New York and Chicago and Philly, cities that used to be really fun, really cool. You could go out. You could have a nice time. You didn't have to worry about your safety. And now people aren't even leaving the, they're not even leaving their apartments. Um, it, it's scary, man. But uh, do you have anything else to add to that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not only is it fear, but yeah, you had it, you nailed it when you were talking about that. So much of it was, um, uh, it's really about denial. Uh, they're in total denial. And, and they make all these predictions. They're wild eyed predictions that I think is just, I think they just, all they're really doing is throwing mud against the wall as much blood as they can throw against the wall. They hope for something to stick. They're not even real predictions. I mean, what would somebody base a prediction on of saying that the stock market's going to crash if Trump is elected? And, you know, here in the city, there is that feeling of danger, but uh, most people are really just moving along with their lives, and they call it uh, New York tough. And uh, I think that when you have a mayor like de Blasio who has his head so far where the sun don't shine and he's got this horrible corrupted wife. There's so much corruption that swirls around that woman, money, 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 big money thing. 
when that when that couple you know calling the shots in a city like New York, you go right back to the bad old days of Dinkins, and that is where we are headed. What we need here is we need a Republican governor. To, to, uh, Andy Cuomo is uh, almost as bad as Bill de Blasio as, as governor of the state. We need, a, uh, uh, we need to turn the state red. And then the city, if we get somebody like a Giuliani back in there uh, to clean everything back up again, we'll be just fine. But I think it'll take probably a generation. Oh, at least. I, I think you're going to uh, see um... – you're going to see it a lot worse. I, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately. But um, we're going to hold out for – we have a quick commercial break, guys. We'll be right back, and we're going to get into uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, that whole saga, which I think is getting ready to be blown out of the water. Guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to Telegraph Local's weekly political talk show. We have special guest with us today, Rob Arnold, host of Political Firestorm. Rob, you still there with us? I'm sure right here, sure late. All right, so Giselle is really attractive, and I can never figure out why she hooked up with Jeffrey Epstein to begin with. Because someone like Jeffrey Epstein can't, you know, the, the problems he had, the multiple uh, sexual encounters with underage girls, that just doesn't appear, right? That happens when someone continues to do that. They've had an issue with that all their life. They may hide it well, but they've had an issue with that all their life. So my first question is, why in the world would Ghislaine Maxwell hook up with Jeffrey Epstein? And then why in the world would she help him bring pedophiles out on helicopters to his island, private island, to be molested and raped? It's just, the whole thing is just disgusting in general. Um, But she's in jail now, so that's good. She's in the same jail that Epstein killed himself in, and that um, I don't know, man. Do you think she's going to end up dead? Yeah, you know, first off, Epstein. It's pretty obvious Epstein didn't kill himself. There's some evidence that points to that actual, you know, real Absolutely. evidence. Uh, and and uh, you know, when somebody has that many people that are that powerful that can be that exposed, it was likely he would die. Uh, just like uh, that, somebody would murder him. Just like with um, let's not forget James McDougal. I mean, this is a man who was set to testify as a star witness in an impeachment, a real impeachment uh, proceeding against Bill Clinton. And the night before he was set to testify, James McDougal turns up dead in his jail cell. Nobody even really knows his name. Uh, so that's, you know, that, that, that tells us a lot about the Clinton machinery. I'd say the Clintons offed anybody who got in their way. And Jeff Epstein clearly would be in, in their way if he, if he said, you know, if he exposed them, uh, Bill Clinton, for the, for the piece of filth that he is. It's funny, you mentioned about the, uh, the, the guy who was getting ready to testify, I guess, the night before being in the jail cell. And I remember when that happened, but another, a kid who was like in the 20s or something, when I lived in D.C., 
he was walking home one night in a pretty safe neighborhood, and he was apparently set to testify the following day in private, and he was shot to death on the side of the street. Somebody just rode by and shot him to death. So there's been yeah. a lot of death surrounding this whole thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got – I've got a long list of, let's just say, highly suspicious uh, deaths. People like to call it conspiracy theory. Uh, I say, you know what? You can just go ahead and drop the word theory at this point. I mean, we've got conspirators, and they're at it every day. They are conspiring. Hillary Clinton said vast right-wing conspiracy. Nobody batted a lash about her being a conspiracy theorist. Well, guess what? There never was a vast right-wing conspiracy. There is a vast left-wing conspiracy. It's called academia, the media, and the leading Democrats of the modern age, day, and time. As far as this woman as to why she went along with Jeff Epstein, the reason why she was with him in the first place, I think, would have to be the money. Uh, you're living high on the hog. You're, you're, you probably had order a beautiful place to live. She's got beautiful cars, uh, lots of money in the bank. Anything her heart desires, anything she would want, she would have if she's with Jeff Epstein. Uh, so back in, when she was working with him, uh, it was she was living a very, very uh, fancy uh, life uh, and lifestyle. As to why she went along with the pedophilia, uh, you know, why did Nancy Pelosi march with Nambla? Uh, I think these people have evil in their hearts. That's what I think. Well, you know, also it says that she also participated in – let me read this real quick uh, briefly. This is um, an article in Telegraph. It goes, Ghislaine Maxwell, a British socialite and longtime companion of disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein, is facing reckoning with her alleged role in facilitating Epstein's sexual abuse of young women. But it goes on to say that um, she herself sexually abused other women too. Like so she was in on this. So mm-hmm. Epstein were like tag teaming these young girls, you know, on this private island, um, on, uh, with the intent of causing the harm and the hope of never getting. I mean, I guess my question: how how did these guys really think that they would never get caught? I know they were protected by powerful people, but one day that ends. Like eventually that ends, and you're you're either no longer powerful or someone else gets caught and rats you out. I mean, it's just the way. I mean, look at from example the downfall of the mob. You know, eventually you're going to get caught. It amazes me that she went this long thinking that, you know, all of them think they, they would never get caught. Like Prince Andrew was involved in it. Bill, well, obviously Bill Clinton, he's on the manifest. Um, and, and several other. He was there multiple times. He was there multiple times. Um, when you have powerful people, that powerful, former American president, royal family members, whoever the hell else you had, a lot of powerful people uh, involved, you think that you're insulated. And I can understand that, but you are exactly correct. I've been thinking the same thing. Do you really think that that's going to stay in, in, in forever? That if somebody's not going to turn around and, and expose you because they're disgruntled, somebody here, there, whatever. I mean, so at some point, that stuff would have to catch up. When you've got a new sheriff in town, like a, like a Donald Trump, where he has, he has he's flipped everything, it's, he, he's basically he's flipping over the apple cart of D.C., much in the same way Jesus Christ flipped over the tables of the money changers in that time. It's, he's flipping it over. And if he, 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 may, he, may have, he may be flawed and has some, some check or pass in terms of being greedy and not paying people as quickly as he should or ripping people off having the attitude that most billionaires have, which is you need me more than I need you. You'll take what I give you. So there was that greedy element of, of Donald Trump, sure. But next to the like Hillary Clinton's of this world, he's like some kind of saint. He's a boy scout crossing little old ladies across the street day in, day out. And you would never find him in a place like Pedophile Island. In fact, he's the one that went ahead and testified against Jeff Epstein, the only one that did. 
Yeah, I didn't know that. We were talking about that earlier. You surprised me with that. I'm, I'm really surprised I didn't know that. But um, I guess I guess that's good yeah. for him. I don't think he'll be implemented in anything. Maybe he will. I don't know. You know, it's, I don't know. Everything the guy does, they trash. It's just it's just to the point to where you grow numb to it, um, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But you know, rest assured, anything the Democrats say the Republicans are doing, the Democrats are actually doing it. And, I've, and in the last couple of years, exactly I've seen right. That. Clear as day. I mean, it's just, it's just everything is so clear, and it's just frustrating. You know, it's it, these guys have been running these major cities for 50 years, and African American communities are suffering just as much, if not worse, than they were 50 years ago, when uh, the Democrats made all these claims of how they would they were going to get them out of poverty and how they were going to improve the education system and how they were going to lower crime uh, and a myriad of other things. None of that's happened, but yet people still continue to vote the same people in office. I mean, it's a, it's a clear definition of insanity. It just baffles me. Well, it really is. It really is, yeah. And, and what they're doing, Bart, is they're, they're taking a page out of Saul Alinsky's rule book. That's all they ever do. I, I, it's sad. It's profoundly upsetting that it, we're talking about one of two parties of the two-party system of the greatest country in human history. And this is what they give us. You know, I mean, come on. Like, they're all like Saul <laughs> Alinsky disciples. You know, and uh, and this guy Biden, I heard you saying earlier that you know you don't want to talk all the time about it. Well, you have to talk about Biden because he's he's the Democrat presumptive nominee, and uh, you know they talk about Trump day in day out, twenty four seven. So I'm damn sure going to go ahead and point out uh, uh, how creepy and how uh, off the rails uh, Joe Biden really is. Let me tell you, that guy in his prime was only half assed, really, a kind of a pseudo intellectual his whole life. So at his prime, and he's way, way, way past his prime, and this is all they have for our nominee. And the 16 that were in there with him were a bunch of clowns from the clown car. Democratic well, Party is in a shambles. It is. I mean, the thing is, like, they spent the last three and a half years with no clear message other than hate Trump, hate Trump, resist Trump. He's a fascist. It's, you know, it's funny. I was looking at the definition of fascism earlier because I wanted to repeat it on the air. And it, the definition, uh, according to Bing, which uh, says an authoritarian and nationalistic right-wing system of government and social organization. The funny thing was, when I was in high school, I wrote an a, a, a article, a story, um, a report on fascism. And at that time, it, the definition was the same except one word. They right. changed left-wing to right-wing. They changed and that's that. So I looked that up, and Webster just did that a couple of years ago. They, right after Trump won, in fact, they are right on that. They changed it from nationalistic left-wing system to right-wing system. And so it's just, you know, it's just yet another example of just the, the craziness going on right now. But yeah, you're right about your perception. Oh, my yeah. God. And, and the thing is, that, you know, if you, if you tell a lie once, it's a lie. If you tell it 100 times, it becomes the truth, right? And that's what you're seeing now. You're seeing so many lies have been told for so long. The people just accept it now, right? That is, ah, to hell with it. You know, I don't care if it's true or not. Uh, uh, our president, president. I got, a, I got, a, I got a bread yeah. route. I got a bread route to run. I'm driving my bread truck. I got a wife and 2.5 kids. Uh, I've got a computer to operate. I've got a job site to to run as a foreman on a construction site. You know, people are living their lives, raising their families, and they've become, you're right, very numb to the whole thing. Uh, the danger with that uh, is. You know, it's that's what gives the uh, evil forces the ability to encroach. And what we see is skullduggery. We see subterfuge. We see obfuscation. We see flat-out lies, lies by omission. 
Uh, certainly the media is, is very guilty of this. That's all they do is lie. Uh, I'll give you a quick example. CNN has Joe Biden head by 15 points, I think it is. Yeah, that's, that's laughable, by the way. <laughs> it's, it, it is. You, you know right there it's a lie. That's an impossibility. It's just well, not you know, it's funny. possible. It's, funny. it's the same thing they did in the 2016 election. Remember, Hillary Clinton was ahead by so much audience, you know. The same, it's the same trap that they're trying to do this time, but they realized it didn't work last time. So this time they're trying to pump it from 3% to 15%. You know? It's just more of the same. Oh, that's all it is. And, and, and of course, the, the only way they would be able to uh, take the White House, they'll never win the White House. They would have to steal it. And the only way they could steal that is if they succeed in uh, their voter fraud, like mail-in ballots, as an example. Uh, yeah, I, you, know, but, you, can, you can smell that from a mile away. They're trying to say mail-in ballots is the same as um, the military. Right, but the military uses a different system. Oh, so it's just a whole process involved. Right. Oh, yeah, they're and very, now, very different. There's a whole, yeah. But the good thing is, I think that the, the, the cities that are doing this and the states that are doing this are probably already going to vote Democrat anyway. So I, I don't foresee, hopefully, voter fraud being a huge issue. I mean, there's all, there always is some, obviously, but I don't think it's going to be as big as we're thinking it's going to be. Because let's face it, California is ne- never going to vote Republican, ever. You know, neither is Illinois, neither is New York. Um, I mean, they should, they need to, to straighten their, their economies out, but, and their lives, that's a horrible city right now. They're, they're probably not going, you know, so in that instance, we're okay. But you're right, voter fraud is going to be an issue this, this election. And, we, and the thing is, we won't know about it until after the election. That's the frustrating part. Right. If they, if they succeed in the steal and the cheat, uh, and, it's, and, they're, and it's a known thing, they're basically caught cheating, I would say President Trump won't leave. And the military would be right on his side. Uh, he wouldn't leave. Not, not if it's a known, known thing that they cheated. They start finding all those stuffed ballots. You know, I'll tell you a quick thing about how the Democrats operate. This, this one was real close to a, a, a complete shift, a seismic shift, in, in really in the, in the course of human events for world history. In the Florida debacle in 2000, there were four Democrats, a uh, room where it was a locked door. They had boxes and boxes of ballots for Democrats. And what happened was somebody alerted this man to the fact that it was locked and they were back there counting ballots in an election that close. And that man was Roger Stone. And Roger Stone was the one that went in and smashed the door down, smashed it right down. He got some guys with him and they smashed it down. And then they got, as per law, they got it to where it was two Democrats, two Republicans. If not for that move that Roger Stone made, there's a likelihood, a strong likelihood, that the Democrats with those four, just four lousy Democrats in Florida, could have turned this thing right to Al Gore. And then in a post-9-11 world, Al Gore would have been a lost little boy at sea, almost for sure. I mean, he wouldn't have done things like Bush, the Bush White House rounded up 600-some-odd. Uh, Muslim men out of American mosques. When they did that, they found the blueprints with the sleeper cells. And they and 9-11 was only supposed to be the kickoff. So imagine if Al Gore was in there. They had plans of bombing all kinds of things, bridges, this, that, the other. Uh, 9-11 was the kickoff only. And they caught them. They caught them, and they ended up at Gitmo. But if Al Gore was there, those four Democrats, just those four lousy cheating bastards in that Florida room, back, back room, and had they succeeded, uh, there would have been a lot more death because Al Gore would have, I think, blown it. We would have seen a lot more dead American civilians. 
Um, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I remember when that happened, actually. That, that made news. And I do remember specifically when that happened. Now, and we all know what the fate of Roger Stone um, right now. He's, he's certainly not doing too well. He's, he's getting ready to, to do a little bit of time, I think. Um, and that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, mean, I was thinking about that earlier today. I don't know if that would be a smart move for Trump in an election. You know, if he's going to do that, I would wait until the election um, and hope that he wins yeah. the election. But yeah. if he did that before the election, I think that would turn a lot of people off. Um, so let's hope he doesn't do that. So, you know, well, um, I mean, I would just Joe start Biden. drawing comparisons. I would just start drawing comparisons of Obama pardons and, and, and com, com, uh, what is it, computed, uh, is it commun- computed uh, sentences. Um, I, I would just go right to what he did with the Clintons, did with Found, and you just start pointing out to people that uh, an American patriot who played it a little bit fast and loose. Uh, certainly is more deserving of a pardon than a found terrorist like the Obamas did or a traitor like Obama did. Um, that traitorous, uh, you know, uh, former military. And then let's not forget that he traded, it was five of the world's most dangerous terrorists for one traitor um, who, let, who went AWOL and then joined the Taliban. So you just start bringing that stuff up, you fight fire with fire, you make clear. Uh, Roger Stone is much more deserving of a pardon than pretty much Anyone that either Obama or Clinton pardoned, you start naming any names and what they were up to. Yeah, I think you know it's funny too. I don't think Republicans are playing hardball here. I don't think they're they're fighting as hard as they should be. I mean, because there is a lot of things that the Republicans could bring up, and they just it seems like every time something happens, like the riots and and the looting and all that, they just they, they're mum to it. You know, they're they're just as quiet as the Democrat Party, and it's really frustrating because this should be their time to shine. This should be their time to where they start pulling together. And they start pulling this stuff out, and they start making changes. But it doesn't seem that they, 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 they either don't want to do it or they're scared to do it because of election season. I don't know what it is, but I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it is, it's a, they're coming from a place of, of some fear on the matter, yes. And there are Republicans who are really just liners. They're only Republicans in name. That's all it is. It's the, I, I call them infiltrators. And uh, as far as the, the people who are rioting and looting, let me make something perfectly clear. These people that are rioting and looting are not rioters and looters. They're enemy combatants. They're domestic terrorists. The, you know, the founders had it right. It's all enemies, foreign and domestic. These are domestic enemies, like the Bill Ayers of the world. As far as I'm concerned, forget the handcuffs. I want to see bullets flying. Uh, they're, they're like the brown shirts of Nazi Germany. Uh, they're enemies within. And I do believe that we should be busting out the, uh, the National Guard. I guess Trump is just making the political calculus that if he does that, they'll come at him even harder to where they'll twist everything all around and he could end up losing votes. Whereas once he wins, he'll stomp this thing out within a week. Yeah, I, I, I hope the case because it's got to end. But I think, I think that once the, the election's over, I think it'll stomp itself out. I mean, every election cycle, it just seems to get, to get getting worse and worse. I mean, imagine what's going to happen in the 2024 election. If this is 2020, imagine four years now how much more they're going to go to make sure that a Democrat is elected to the highest office in the land. I can only imagine oh. what's next. Car- Forget about it. Forget about it. I mean, they, this is just sheer evil. It's all. It's Donald Trump has cracked it all wide open, and I do believe that he's he's one of God's all-time favorite sons. The Holy Bible is loaded with very flawed men who who shaped world events. Uh, he's he's like a, a biblical proportions. Uh, the, the CCP, they they intentionally and deliberately unleashed that that Wuhan virus, and the Obama administration, Trump's predecessor, paid for it. This was in the works. This is just evil. 
Barack Obama was a terrorist sympathizer or a terrorist himself, one of them. Sat in that Oval Office, uh, sat in the Oval Office for eight long years, and uh, and and funded terrorist kingpins. Well, he sent, he sent what? The day he he left office, he sent billions of dollars in a plane full of cash yeah. on a plane. And that's a true story. That baffled me when I read that story. I mean, and if, and the photo, oh, they have a photograph yeah. of it. Oh, I've seen the video. I don't know how the hell somebody got the video out of it. Some somehow somebody got actually I saw that video clip of it. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess there were Apache helicopters. Or no, uh, there were these big, big, big birds. Plane. And, yeah, it's a huge plane. Yeah, a big plane, yeah. Um, right, a big, like a cargo. I think it was a plane. C-130, I yeah. believe. But it, it, oh, maybe. And that has a whirly bird up top as well, right? Uh, I'm, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember the video. It was a long time back. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking pallets of $100 bills that were flown out. To a country that is the world's not the world's own uh, number one state sponsor of global terrorism, the only one really. They're the one. Now I read. I mean, they 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 funded terrorism in Algiers. They funded you know all over the place. And by the way, when the when the excuse was given that we owed Iran the money, and even smart people fell for that one. Oh well, listen, that's that's been a long time coming. Because that's the way they couched it. No, 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 no. If you look at the Algiers Accord, if you read the Algiers Accord, you will see that the terms and conditions set for those assets to be unfrozen, that the mullahs of Iran were exactly opposite. They weren't even anywhere near close to those terms and conditions. They were 180 degrees away from it. So that was just used as an excuse to fund terrorism. And when you have somebody who's that evil, like Obama clearly is, who funded terrorists, kingpins, funded them. And then you get a guy that comes along who starts killing terrorist kingpins. Uh, and yet eight years of, of somebody doing all kinds of horrible things, ISIS taking over the Middle East, millions dead in the Middle East, millions more running for their lives in all directions, a, a, a massive epic scale human refugee crisis that slams smack into Europe. When you've got a guy like uh, an Obama causing all of that, MS-13, rapists and murderers pouring into this country. MS-13 now under Trump, rapists and murderers pouring out. What happens is evil fights back against the good. And that's how you get something like the CCP all set. The Obama funded the Wuhan virus, uh, the Wuhan lab. So it was all set and ready to go. And it's, it's interesting, uh, Bart, to, to point out that the very day that their fake impeachment crumbled was the day Wuhan came out. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's, uh, and don't even be... I'm sorry? Um, and, and, of course, now that's failed. The economy's actually bouncing back now, so that didn't work. Um, then they start the protest, and they start the riots, and they start the loot. I mean, they've literally burned cities to the ground. You know, and we, we talked about another show. It was, you know, you take Chicago, for instance. I mean, two of the biggest employers in the south side of Chicago pulled out and definitely will not rebuild their stores, which takes thousands of jobs, thousands of yeah. jobs out of these areas. So you're just, you, you'd be raced in, in three weeks to erase 50 years worth of what the Democrats call progress uh, in these inner city communities, which again are run primarily by local Democratic governments, which is their fault. It doesn't make it President Trump's fault. And it frustrates me how they try to um, nationalize every problem, right? No, it's not our problem. It's Trump. Point the finger at Trump. It's, just, it's such bullshit, and it gets it gets so overwhelming, you know. Oh yeah, it can be. I mean, 
I just plow right through it all, and I, I just I fight back. I mean, uh, I was born for it. My my grandmother, Olive Adams, was a genealogist. She traced us back to the Mayflower, and uh, you had 99 people set sail, not from England, from Holland, actually. They were in Holland for one year, uh, and uh, from England, but then Holland for a year. That 99, between the hard voyage over and the hard winter months of Plymouth, uh, 56 survived. Of the 56 survivors, four were my ancestors. Uh, the minute I know something like that, I know I have a genetic predisposition. Samuel Adams, who led the Boston Tea Party, was my sixth great-grandfather. Uh, so for me, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm like custom-made to, um, to fight at this moment in world history the way I do. And uh, by the way, that, that, that chant that they have, no justice, no peace, let's, let's, let's look at that for one moment here. When he scream, no justice, no peace, that means really essentially what it boils down to, they're saying there'll never be peace because their idea of what justice is supposed to be is warped and twisted, and, and it's just grounded in abject stupidity. There's, it's unrealistic. It's impossible. So we have justice in this country. We have plenty of more justice in the United States of America than in any country in world history. The justice is sound here. You want to you start getting some more institutional reforms? Let's point them out. Let's go through the legislative process. When they scream, no, ju- no justice, no peace, they're completely ignoring the fact that we have the, uh, the, the American Civil Rights Movement with massive, sweeping, landmark legislative victories on behalf of people of color uh, here on American soil. So there is no justice that they, they, whatever they're seeing as what they use the word justice is not even anywhere near possible. And it completely negates the fact that we have justice. Ergo, there can be no peace. Yeah, we got to run to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Everyone stay by. Give us about 60 seconds. everybody welcome back to uh telegraph locals weekly podcast we're on the show today with rob arnold host of political firestorm so rob right before the break you said something that i want to bring back up uh the no justice no peace mantra that they seem to chant everywhere um this goes back to what i was saying a little while ago about the definition of fascism right authoritarian government what do you think they're trying to do create their own authoritarian government and that's it's the very definition of, of a fascist regime it's it's, it's to get their way through whatever means necessary, violence, uh, intimidation, destruction, oppression, uh, oppression, which is exactly what they're trying. And look, I'm all for Black Lives Matter. I, I, there's nothing negative I, I can say about the, uh, the spirit of the movement, but the movement itself is it's a political movement. 
and it's uh, it's they've they've narrowed it down to well obviously not it's not it doesn't include all black lives it only includes lives black lives that are killed by white police officers of which last year there was only huh. nine shootings nine murders or nine killings of black men at the hands of police officers nine and out of that seven of those were justified two were not and the two that were not justified those officers were brought up on crimes but Black Lives Matter movement wants you to believe that there are all the cops are riding down the street with shotguns waiting to pass by a black man walking down the street so he can shoot at him. And it's the biggest lie in history. It's crap. And the, the Black Lives it's, Matter it's movement is a farce. And they're not, you know, why aren't they in Chicago last, in the last three weeks has had about 400 shootings? Where's Black Lives Matter? It's because the Black Lives Matter leaders say, well, it's not about all black lives. It's about specific black lives, those killed by white police officers. In other words, it's a talk. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a sham. It's it's a scam, and it's something it is. To, it, it, to create. It's anger. a total sham. It's a total sham. Of course, I mean the number of black, unarmed black men that were shot by white police officers uh, all year is a number that is outstripped basically per day by black on black crime. More per and day. And that, but, black on black but just think about yes. think about the, the 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 Black Lives Matter movement with the protests of the right has caused more destruction to black communities. In a month, than than what have ever done in history to African American populations, I mean they're right. destroying I, their I, own I, population. Yeah, it's 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 just it's retarded. I mean, it, like it's uh, I will say that what gave impetus to Black Lives Matter as it relates to the people that were joined, not the founders. They're just they're just fascists. That that cat's out of the bag. But the people that were tricked into thinking that this was about um, protesting injustices to black men at the hands of white people and law enforcement officers. I am, I am with that spirit as well. Of course. I mean, you, you see a knee on a neck kind of thing and you're like, that's just despicable. That's disgusting. And that man uh, de- deserves whatever he gets. And so do the other three that were there and just stood by and watched. Uh, so, and that was a personal vendetta or something. The whole thing is highly suspicious The George Floyd death. But yeah, you know, they were the high no, school No, no, they were um, they were bouncers at a nightclub together, the cop and George. That's Bates. right. So there's a there's a history right. to that, absolutely. You know how many people yeah, don't so even know they don't even take the time to read that. Or 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 the media hides that away. They don't get to know because they whatever newspaper they're reading doesn't mention it. Uh, it has obviously been mentioned and has been a news story, but nowhere near to the degree that it should be that every every single person is supposed to be told that on their nightly uh, on their evening newscasts. Uh, you know, and that's they're supposed to do their jobs. If the media was doing their jobs as investigative journalists, none of this would even be happening. Actually, uh, I blame them first and foremost. And I'll tell you what, the, the, there are two people I, bl- I blame first and foremost as just individuals who had power. The media unto itself as an entity is where it's really at. But there are two people. What, do I, what I see in terms of race in America is psych sunburn. If, if you clap me on the back part, I'll appreciate the gesture. You clap me on the back when I have a sunburn, ow, right? So I see a, a, a psychic sunburn, slavery, and all the vestiges of slavery, second-class citizenship, lynchings. Uh, there were two people who had a giant vat of aloe vera, and instead of applying the aloe vera, they spat in it. And those two people were Barack and Michelle Obama. That man could have given one fantastic – he's one of the most gifted orators in human history. That guy, he's one of the greatest uh, you know, uh, orators ever, actually. It's not just about the teleprompter. That guy's a real, genuine, brilliant orator, actually. Oh, oh he, it, he, look, look he, yeah, Obama, he's an extremely tough guy, absolutely. He, he could have done a hell of a lot more 
for the black community. In fact, I'm trying still to this day trying to figure out what he exactly did for the black community. I'm still kind of nothing, confused on that. Nothing. And he did nothing to bring the healing process complete. He could have gone and given a grand oratory speech to the world as the first black or non-white American president. He could have come out and talked about you know, white abolitionists who risked and often sacrificed everything. He could have come out and talked about the American civil rights movement with those massive sweeping landmark legislative victories. He could have talked about the white people stepped up and fought and died and killed their own blood in the American Civil War. He could have talked about the fact that the, uh, that the United States of America has addressed the issue of, of injustices to black people uh, uh, for the whole world to see and shed the blood at the American Civil War. And by the way, the second president in, John Adams, also an ancestor of mine more distantly, he had speeches that he was giving and writing, all his writings, that, that helped propel the rebuke of slavery across the globe. That was our second president in. And, and Barack Obama never, ever, ever said, said a word about any of that in a grand speech. One beautiful speech from that man on this issue could have worked wonders. Well, it's just like the, you know, the civil rights movement. How did it get passed into law? It got passed into law because of whites that voted for it, right? Just like how yeah. did Barack Obama get elected president? If white people didn't vote for Barack Obama, he wouldn't have gotten elected president. You know, and, oh. and none of this is – it's just if you're white, you're racist. And if you refuse to admit you're a racist, you're a racist. And if you admit that you're a racist, you're admit to be a racist. But yet very few <laughs> white people these days are actually racist. Very well, few. Well, how could they be? Uh, how could they be? It, you know, I white agree. people send their, you know, it's white. Racist is a belief that that black people are inherently, by nature, inferior to you. Now, white people send white their white children to black educators. They get pulled over by black police officers. They go in front of black judges. Those officers have black chiefs, police chiefs as their bosses. White people go under the knives of black doctors. They see that there's black astronauts. They admire and and and, and look way up to on high black athletes and entertainers as do their white children. Clearly, what, what, what whites are that are racist that are left over are dinosaurs dying under their own weight. Absolutely. And you're going to see less and less of that. But you know, then you have things like the Jussie Smollett thing, right, who made this whole story up about how he was, had bleach thrown on him, was dragged through the streets with, you know, with a noose around his neck with, with racist remarks being made, and it was all a lie. Then you have Bubba Watson who had the, the so-called noose hanging in his garage, but come to find out that wasn't true either. The FBI did the research and found out that that noose was actually made to pull the garage door down like a handle, and it was done several months before Bubba Watson even got assigned that garage. And I'm a Bubba Watson right. fan. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a big NASCAR fan. I grew up around it because in a rural area, he's a good race car driver. And then he, I believe he, um, he decided that he wasn't going to accept that. That no matter what, it was still a racist gesture, and it just wasn't. It wasn't true, and it's frustrating. Now, it was I don't a think Jesse Smollett. Yeah, it was a Jesse Smollett, but no, not not to that level because Bubba Watson didn't file a false police report, right? He didn't do he didn't do that. He well, no, I'm saying I'm saying it. it's in the same vein. I'm saying you're correct. It's in the same vein. Uh, I believe that pretty much everything the Democrats are doing on all issues, including the issue of race, is all Jesse Smollett. It's all a hoax, everything. I, I agree with that. I agree. I, I, would, you know, I would say the vast majority of hoax. I definitely agree with that. Um, I think there are instances here and there of, of racism, but will that ever end? Probably not, because racism, racism has gone on throughout the world for thousands of years. I mean, the Egyptians had white slaves. You know? So mm-hmm. it, it, it's something to where only white people can be racist baffles me. That's not true. 
if you don't like somebody because mm-hmm. of the color of their skin, no matter the color of your skin, it's racist. And it, it just baffles me that, that people – I used to have – and one of my ex-girlfriends used to say that. Oh, only white people get – you should drive me nuts because I'm like, no, that's not factually accurate by far. If you just like someone because of the color of their skin, that makes you a racist no matter what color your skin is. And it's just it's frustrating. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and I say there are way too many blacks, mostly black men, well, plenty of black women as well, that the instant they lay their eyes on a white person, it's an automatic enemy for them. That's how they see it. It's automatic enmity. And if you are thinking that way, and there's a lot of them that think that way, it's automatic. They just they have this grudge, this, this deep-seated they have a, a black rage. They have a chip on their shoulders bigger than they are. And every white face they see is an enemy. And if you do that, then you're going to make an awful lot of, uh, of enemies. And, and that's why I'm so upset with the Obamas. They could have eased that. We were at a threshold of a whole new era, really, of greater peace and cooperation between the races. And it slipped right through our fingers as a country. And the Obamas were the ones that caused that to have happened. And so they see enemies of it, white people, the instant his eyes on them. Those are the racists. Of course, because that's what Democrats have now conditioned the black communities to think, and, and it's anything but the truth. Uh, and, and you can even talk about, let's talk about profiling. You know, years and years and years ago, I worked, um, I was probably, a, I guess I was probably still a teenager. I was a, I stocked groceries overnight at the supermarket for about a year, well, about six months. I hated the job. It was horrible. I slept all day. Um, but at the time I couldn't find anything else. And so late at night or early in the morning around 4am, I would get off and I would go home and I would park my car and I lived in an apartment complex, and so I would have to walk from my car to my apartment, which was about, I don't know, 50 yards away, right? And I can't tell you the time I got stopped driving through the neighborhood saying that they, there was a report of suspicious activity, right? It, there was no suspicious activity. It was just a guy walking down the street in the middle of the night, and I was stopped. Now, that's profiling by police, but it's not racial profiling. It's profiling. You bet. So you bet. That has you bet. Do, and I'm not saying that racial profiling doesn't happen. That's what, not what anyone's saying. It does happen. Um, I don't think that – in fact, I know it doesn't happen to just black people as, as the Democrats want you to think it does. Because I've been – many times I, I've been stopped walking somewhere late at night and asked for my ID and had my name ran. Uh, questions. So it's just not black people, and it's frustrating you know, that that's possible. Exactly. I mean, if, first off, there are black men that are profiled just for being black, as you just pointed Absolutely. out. But, but, but the thing of you know, driving while black and this sort of thing, uh, it, it happens. But I got to say, those are just some moronic rogue cops here and there. And usually, if the black man is being pulled over or being stopped in, as a pedestrian, it's because he's exhibiting some kind of a character issue. Uh, he's weaving in and out, meandering, like what happened with Trayvon Martin in the rain. Uh, he was profiled by some some jackass wannabe cop, uh, Captain uh, Zimmerman guy of the Neighborhood Watch. If yeah, who's a real douchebag? Yeah, that guy he is. Of course guy. he is. If Trayvon Martin had kept his damn hands to himself, he'd be alive. It's nowhere near. But yeah, but yeah, the same time with Trayvon Martin, I understand the outrage with that. I mean, you're talking about a kid, you know. Um, well, and he, was he, he was beating the hell out of the guy. If you be and, and and George Zimmerman was just such a jackass and such an idiot, and as you say, a douchebag. He wasn't trained. He, he told himself all well, this, that, and the other, but he wasn't trained, so he needed to use a gun. Me, I would have just beat Trayvon Martin's ass when he put his hands on me. Just, just give him an ass whooping that he needs and send his ass to jail if he attacks you. But Zimmerman had no choice but to shoot him because he wasn't trained. He was, he was some kind of wussy guy. He didn't know how to fight. You know, I was, what are you doing out there doing that job if you don't know how to defend yourself and how to fight? And, 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 look, and that comes down to a very big topic, which is training of police officers. And the yes. frustrating thing, I can go either way on this, right? So – um, 
why are we trying? Like, I get the reason why cops shoot to kill because it's a last ditch effort, and they're only supposed to shoot someone if their life is immediately in danger, right? But I do feel that police need more training. I don't think, you know, I've met some some smug cops in my life. Um, I was a bartender in DC yeah. for about a year, and it was a big cop bar. And I can't tell you the arrogance that came through that door. Now, that doesn't mean that they were bad cops or bad people, but they're very arrogant. And I think that, that the training that they need to receive would be how to be more uh, empathetic, more understanding, and, and not be sent on these calls to where they you, – you, you send cops on these calls to where anything can happen, right? It could just be somebody with a mental illness. They're not trained for that. They need to be trained for it, but they're not, right? Oh, and then we turn around and slash a billion dollars from the NYPD's budget. This is it's unbelievable. Insane. It's, 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 it's insanity. It, it, it is. It's it's yeah. insanity. It's gonna it's gonna cause a lot of people to get killed. Uh, I mean, the, the guns are going they off already are. in this city at night. Yeah, they already are. And I mean, it's just gonna get worse. Thirty percent is what the murder rate is now uh, from last year. Yeah, my mother's my mother's begging me to leave. She's begging me to leave the city. Um, I can tell you that uh, it's a too long a story to get into with you. But at the end of it all, this cop that was known and like his name was synonymous with like bruised ribs in the Hudson Valley. Uh, region and uh, he, he cuffed me to the wall and smacked my face so hard I, I, I lost my taste for an hour and it tasted in my mouth. Um, smacked me real good, uh, just wham, walloped me. Uh, as a as a white guy, see that guy is just a dickhead, and he ended up getting in big trouble. He, what he didn't know was that I was writing speeches for a congressional candidate. <laughs> um, and uh, no, I'm sorry, writing speeches for a congressman who was in, in his second, he was in his bid for re-election. I had written his speeches his first time round. I was doing it again, and I went straight to Maurice. Now, the way the way uh, you know, this congressman, who's now deceased, uh, Congressman Maurice Hinch, let's say his name, but I'll tell you, the way our founders have it set up, anybody can go to their congressman on something like that. If you write a smart enough letter, you can get that policeman demoted or something. As long as you write a smart enough letter that has CC big names so that his superior officer doesn't give it the circular file and just throw it away. But, yes, they will smack a white man in the face. They will smack a black man in the face. They is in those rogue cops that do that. And, yes, there is a, an undercurrent of arrogance there, no doubt about it. Uh, but by and large, they are professional. They do have courtesy professional, and, and they're there to uh, professionalism, and they are there to protect and serve. That's what they do. You know, I, I saw a, a white guy crash on his moped, on his scooter out here last night. He broke his leg. He's laying there on the side of the road with a broken leg. The police show up. They're helping him. The ambulance comes. I say to the police, if that guy was a black guy, you guys would have just kept on going, right? And they just all, oh, I appreciate you, man. Because, they, they're, it's, because that's what these morons act like. Oh, it's a black guy. Forget him. And just go on. I mean, let's go get a donut and a cup of coffee. No, policemen help and save the lives of black people every day in this country. You know, the, the funny thing is, though, is the good cops, which are the vast majority, know who that small percentage of bad cops are, and they never report yeah. them. They never turn them in. Right. They never tell on them. That whole, that right. whole blue, you know, blue, blue, blue wall. Thing is what it is. Blue wall, yeah. You know, and, and that's a huge problem as well. If these cops start reporting these guys, um, I think you'll see a hell of a, hell of a difference, a much, much larger change than – you know, change comes from within, right, not from yeah. outside. Um, yeah. And I don't think – BLM for a second is doing that. They're creating more more diversity and more frustration. I mean, hell, they're segregating themselves. Yeah, yeah, they really are. It's 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 a damn shame because it would have to it would require um, a cultural shift within you know the police the culture of the police. You look at the story of Serpico. 
um, what we would need to do is is reverse the situation that we saw with Serpico. Serpico was just calling out dirty cops. And all the good cops were supposed to go along with Serpico. Instead, they ganged up on him because he violated their blue wall of silence code. Well, that's a dinosaur, too. we got to get rid of that. Uh, yes, they're not, no way should they be um, tattling on each other over minor infractions. But when one of these guys is a rogue cop and he is a racist, a clear-cut racist running around using the word nigger all the time and stuff like that in the, in the locker room or something like that, that guy, that guy should be taken to task 100%, 100%, and they should all join together and do that. You're so right. It's probably 5% that are like that. The 95% are supposed to say, you know what? I don't like you. Shun them. Ostracize them. I agree. I agree. We've got to get ready to get off here. But, um, Rob, go ahead and give your, um, your, your website again and how people can reach your show and when your show is. Yeah, it's a, actually, I don't think I even said the days uh, before. Right, so thanks. Uh, it's at Mondays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mondays, 6 to 7 Eastern Standard. It's www.am1240wgbb.com. Wonderful, man. We got to do this again. I've had I've had a good good conversation with you. I think the listeners are really going to enjoy it. So we'll try to bring you back here in the next couple of weeks, and we have obviously plenty plenty of topics to discuss. Uh, so we'll try to do that. Thanks a lot sure. for joining us, man. Absolutely. Take care right. of yourself, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Bart. Have a great weekend. You too, man. Bye. All right, guys. So that is going to conclude our show. We went a little bit over the hour today, but I got to be honest with you. I think we have some some heavy topics and discussions that some people simply don't want to cover. And I get why, but they need to be talked about. They need to be covered. Uh, the reality of the situation that we're in needs to come uh, into the light and for people to see it and, and start standing up for themselves and to start realizing what the hell is going on. Now, as I mentioned a lot in my show, I was a Democrat. I've been a Democrat for years. And in fact, I still am not against voting for a Democrat candidate. If that Democrat candidate does what they say they're going to do, not just say one thing, get elected and do the complete opposite. I think at this juncture in, in the country and in the election cycle, it's time for people to start waking up, do your research, look into stories. Don't just believe a headline. Very, very, very many times, headlines aren't exactly accurate. The headline is to get your attention. Read the story. Check the story if it sounds weird. We're going to go. We will be back next Friday, same time, same place. Other than that, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget, Tuesday, we will be interviewing Mark Kern, who is the former Lake County Sheriff, who is running for the uh, Republican seat in the Senate. And we're going to ask him a few questions and um, see what he has to say. Guys, until then, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.